We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. And a very good morning to you at uh, 9.07 here on WBEN. I am Tim Wenger here for BMAS and Beamer today. Joe is going to be along here in just about an hour or so. He, uh, I'm sorry, David's going to be here in an hour. <laughs> Joe's going to be here at 2 this afternoon. I'm getting my day all messed up. Uh, Tom is out for a couple of days um, and will be back with us uh Perhaps over the weekend, you never know, or on Monday. But uh, at any rate, uh, so Joe's sitting in for him, and David Bellavia, as normal, will be on at 10 o'clock this morning. Um, and so here I am. And uh, what a week it has been um, for for you out there, for me. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about where I've been since Saturday and, and what I've kind of done. Uh, and welcome your your uh, your comments, your questions uh, about this this whole madness that we are all experiencing together, uh, and comes to somewhat of a, a head this morning in a courtroom in downtown Buffalo, uh, and it's it's going to happen in a special courtroom in the basement of the uh, Erie County Courthouse. Um, which is what they have reserved for uh, fairly large cases in the past that I've covered in downtown Buffalo. This courtroom is in the downtown, uh, I'm sorry, in the basement of the court building. Um, no windows. Uh, it is completely um, off you know, the, the, the beaten path, if you will. No one walking through County Hall um, would have access to it, um, the court building, I should say. There's a direct connection to the Erie County Holding Center, so this uh, suspect can be securely moved from uh, place to place, et cetera, because this this is just a uh, an unbelievable, um, you know, uh, event that is unfolding uh, as far as legal uh, concerns are. Um, they, they really strangely and oddly um, and importantly, need to protect this suspect um, from any harm, from himself, from from anyone else. Um, so that is going to be happening this morning at uh, 9.30. WBEN's Brayton Wilson is already in place down there in the courthouse. Uh, he's going to be joining us at some point and uh, kind of give us the lay of the land, what's happening down there. Um, but uh, it is a media uh, madhouse. I can tell you that right now. Um, overflow only. It is a very large courtroom, and they've also already deemed it to be uh, somewhat unsafe as the, the number of people that it uh, is growing. So um, that is the situation uh, occurring in um, a courtroom in downtown Buffalo. Throughout the day, we will keep you posted and updated on what is unfolding in that courtroom and what happens. Um, legally, we know that um, uh, a number of things could happen. Nothing could happen. Uh, there may not be a hearing at all. Um, there may be a hearing, a felony hearing. Um, there may already have been an indictment um, that has been sought by the grand jury, uh, and then it would be referred over to state Supreme Court. 
Um, and then uh, it could be tried or, you know, heard, I should say. Uh, the felony hearing on that would be um, as early as sometime next week, according to John Elmore. Um, you know, so that uh, are all those rather are all of the options uh, that could unfold, and then some. You never know with lawyers, right? Um, who knows what may occur? But uh, covering this madness uh, in downtown Buffalo, uh, in a courtroom, is um, uh, WBEN's Brayton Wilson. And Brayton, you've already described to me off air. I'll let you do it on air, but uh, just a media uh, madhouse, as one would imagine, in in downtown Buffalo. Yeah, I think that's the perfect word to describe this as a madhouse. Just a, a number of media outlets have uh, have flooded uh, the courthouse here down at the uh, Erie County Courthouse, which has resulted in an overflow uh, of media reporters being anywhere near that uh, courtroom. It uh, uh, essentially has led to that they're they're seeing it as a potential security threat at this point. So they have uh, instructed some of the media here to be upstairs. Uh, down on the first floor, technically, to kind of wake things out and see what happens. Yeah, it's interesting. You've covered a few court events uh, in downtown Buffalo in your your, uh, recent tenure with us. Uh, You have not been into that courtroom in the the basement. Uh, It really is, it's something. It's where I I just described on the air, this is where very large cases have been tried, Um, you know, and it's a very secure environment, obviously, being in a basement with a direct connection over to the holding center. So, uh, obviously, security is is a big, big, concern with this one absolutely absolutely and and every right for security to be uh, a big concern i mean i was talking to the one security guard and he said this is probably the biggest thing that's happened in, in the city of buffalo uh at least here probably since the mckinley assassination and um you know the national spotlight remains on buffalo for this entire time so yeah no it, it seems like that this is just going to be uh it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out just you know where things go because there might not even be a felony hearing today. Right. Legally, we don't know what's going to happen. I was just kind of going through all of those options, and I'll leave that to, uh, to the attorneys. And at this point, we'll we'll find out what they do. Um, you know, he, you mentioned the you know the national interest. You know, whenever there's you know, I've seen that courtroom full for a local trial. So this this obviously the eyes of the world, not just the nation, the world uh, are on this court um, in Buffalo, and um, you know what this judge decides to do. I, you know, interesting of note. You know, your way to find this out as well. We have applied, as have uh, you know, most, if not all, media outlets. Uh, there's an application process you go through to, to get access to be able to take photographs and video and use audio uh, from the court. And then the, the judge can decide whether he even is going to allow um, you know, you to have a phone or, or, or a recorder, et cetera, and have a feed from the courtroom. He can also decide whether just still images are allowed, things like that. That has not been determined. No. Um, that, that is yet to be determined, and I'm told will be uh, decided at the opening of, uh, of the hearing. So we just don't know yet. No, I mean, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty at this point. Just, you know, it, a lot of them, a lot of the media that are here are either downstairs waiting for this to get going to see where this kind of goes. And I know that Tom Puckett yesterday talked to a couple of different attorneys uh, and, and legal analysts and specialists that um, talked about the possibility that this felony hearing is, it doesn't happen and that this process is very nice and swift and, and quick. So um, we'll definitely be on top of it as best as we can. We'll, we'll be uh, providing updates throughout the day as much as we can. And uh, for anybody that's interested to see how everything plays out, they can find all the details over at WBEN.com. You bet, Brayton. I'll let you go and uh, get into your place there in, in the media madness and the legal madness that's unfolding. Thanks so much. 
Sounds good. Thanks, Tim. All right. WBEN's Brayton Wilson, who uh, has been covering this whole circ- uh, situation and circumstance since Saturday as well, uh, assigned to cover the court aspect uh, that is going to unfold. And again, we just don't know what's going to happen. So uh, follow with us throughout the day. We'll have it for you on our Twitter feed at WBEN, of course, at WBEN.com and on the air whenever we uh, get indication of what may or may not occur. It's interesting, John Flynn, who is extremely uh, you know, forthright with what he can be about, um, has now faded off uh, of the uh, media landscape, which would indicate to me that I think John Elmore is probably spot on and correct in saying that he does not think this felony hearing will occur. This is a Buffalo City Court judge, city court, uh, it's occurring in this, this uh, Erie County court room, uh, in the basement of that uh, of courthouse, you know, for, for security reasons. But it's uh, uh, city court judge Hannah is presiding over all of this. And I don't think it's going to happen either. Uh, John Flynn, uh, I think his, if you read the tea leaves, has indicated um, that he gets quiet once something goes to the grand jury. He did a series of interviews uh, I believe Monday was the last day he spoke. Uh, he spoke on WBEN. I know he was on CNN. Uh, he was uh, he did multiple interviews throughout the day, and then said, "That's it. I'm not going to talk after that." Um, and that, to me, uh, tells me that this has been presented to the grand jury, and uh, uh, perhaps that uh, what uh, John Elmore has said will be the case, and that is that uh, simply a legal. Um, uh, document, if you will, will be handed off, and this case will be referred to state Supreme Court. And then, uh, you know, anybody's guess from there, I'm no lawyer, but John Elmore has indicated that from that point, perhaps it could be begun to be uh, go through the legal proceedings in state Supreme Court early next week. We will figure it out. We'll follow along with you throughout the day and bring you the latest uh, as we have it again at WBEN on Twitter or WBEN.com and on the air. Um, you know, I really didn't have like a, a, a big plan here. I'm kind of going against everything I tell our talk show host to do and, you know, uh, have a plan and stick to it, right? But uh, since Saturday, you know, I was I, I, I took a phone call Saturday from um, a trusted source in the Buffalo Police Department who told me that, uh, you know, something was unfolding at the tops on Jefferson Avenue and ever since have been engulfed in this coverage um, that we've been bringing you. And uh, I don't think many of you have been down um, on Jefferson Avenue since Saturday, uh, maybe not recently either. I have. I've been there. I've seen the, the, you know, the notable moments, the president, the press conferences, yesterday, the Buffalo Bills, Sabres, the Bandits. Um, those are the things you're seeing in the media, and there's some things you're not seeing too. Um, and those are the ones that are sticking out in my mind, not the big, the big moments that uh, we've all seen. And uh, you know, I'll kind of let you in on some of those observations that I've seen. And if you have questions, comments about the coverage, what it's been like down there, um, and how this this case is all unfolding and being perceived out there, I welcome your calls at 803 here on WBEN. Um, I can tell you this, um, it is just, it is so difficult to go down Jefferson Avenue and walk Jefferson Avenue uh, and, and East Ferry Street now, uh, and I'll tell you why. Um, again, those big moments, it was, it was a moving time yesterday when the Buffalo Bills showed up, uh, and they handled that very well. And those, I, I, I said on WGR earlier with Howard that um, I felt uncomfortable being there with the players. I felt in, I felt particularly uncomfortable uh, when I was interacting with Josh Allen, and he was interacting with the public because Josh Allen and those players 
I don't think they wanted the media there. Uh, it was an unannounced visit. Um, I think it was important the media was there, but they didn't want us there, and I understand why. It was a private moment, uh, a private moment for uh, the players to pay their respects, which they were able to do quietly without any interruption uh, from the media or anyone else, um, laying flowers on the uh, memorial that you saw the president uh, and others uh, approach earlier uh, this week. But then they, they just moved about a half block um, right alongside the um, uh, Apollo Theater on Jefferson Avenue. And, uh, you know, they, they got behind the counter and they started serving up food, prepared food, um, packaged food, bottled water, you name it. Uh, they were handing it out to a community of people uh, that were stunned. Uh, they're stunned by what has occurred. They were stunned that some of their heroes had showed up uh, and were feeling what they were feeling and helping them through it. And I think it was a really, really meaningful day. Um, and again, I felt uncomfortable being there, but I also thought it was important, um, as did the rest of the media, to bring that um, to everybody because it was it was a touching time. But I'll tell you what what hits me a little bit more are some of the things that you don't see, um, that you don't hear. I walked up uh, Jefferson Avenue from from the tops, um, and I, I was headed toward East Ferry Street, uh, a few blocks north, and that is where all of the, uh, or much of the uh, two two large food distributions are happening. One is in front of Gigi's at the fridge there. It's called, you know, it's a, a it's noted as a fridge on the street where they're distributing food, and they do they do this all the time, but obviously it's grown exponentially. And then uh, just down a little bit uh, east of there on East Ferry Street um, from the intersection of Jefferson is the Mobile Tops. So I wandered to both of those places, and um, I'll tell you, it was it, it's, the need is incredible. Um, this is a walking community, a community that you know doesn't just pop in the car and go to Tops or Wegmans and, and grab what they need. Um, and that store has been removed uh, from their neighborhood for obvious and necessary reasons. And it will be back, as you heard from uh, the CEO of Tops this morning on WBEN. Um, but uh, the store will be back. Um, but right now it's not there. And these people need um, somewhere to go. They need uh, to be able to get their supplies. The mobile Tops is doing that. Um, I talked to a lady from Atlanta. She flew in from Atlanta to help um, meet the need. Um, she's She was going back and forth. You may have heard some of her comments earlier today, uh, back and forth uh, to Sam's Club and, um, you know, some of the larger wholesale type places, uh, getting supplies and groceries and delivering them uh, to the people in need um, along East Ferry Street. That's also happening uh, just south of the site uh, at the old War Memorial Stadium, uh, where they're disseminating um, uh, you know, needed goods and, and groceries, and also that that's where the mental health uh, counseling is also occurring for those who are in, are uh, in need. But those stories are the ones that stick with me more um, because you know the, these are the people that live there uh, that are that are living it uh, and dealing with it. They're scared uh, and and they're they're kind of lost. Um, you know, and it's it's a very sad situation, and it's going to get better. It's getting better every day. Uh, and it'll start to get a bit, uh, you know, better as we start, uh, you know, to mourn through funerals, which will begin on Friday morning. The first of which uh, is occurring, I believe, at noon at a, a church, I think, on on Fillmore Avenue. So all of that is going on, you know, and, and, you know, you see the president, you see the Buffalo Bills, um, you know, you see the press conferences, but life is happening 
on Jefferson Avenue. Um, life is happening on East Ferry. Life is happening in that neighborhood. And I liken that neighborhood to the black community's Elmwood Avenue. It is a, a vibrant and bustling area uh, stretching north and south. Uh, the mayor has talked a lot about it. Um, in his comments um, on, on the radio station, how important that TOPS is. It's a central meeting point. It is a dispersal of needed uh, services and goods in that neighborhood and that community. Um, and, uh, you know, it's far different from, you know, Elmwood, but it, it's as meaningful to that community. Um, and uh, we can't forget that. And we're not because uh, uh, it's unbelievable the amount of support uh, and love that's pouring out there in, in, the, in the form of volunteering and goods being donated. Um, it just it, as I was in the, the parking lot of the mobile tops, just cars were filing in one after the other. Um, you know, the tailgate opening up and the bags coming out of there with uh, groceries and, and packaged goods to be given away. I'd encourage you to do it. If you have the time and the wherewithal to do it, uh, drive on down. Um, it's along East Ferry right near Jefferson. There's a couple of spots there that you can um, uh, make a, do- a very quick donation in and out and make a huge difference. So uh, please do that today if you can. While I was sitting there, um, I was uh, noting there was a gentleman in the parking lot who was kind of clutching a piece of paper, and he was he, he was looking at me. He saw the microphone, and I went up to him, and I started talking to him, and he asked who I was with. He's, he's a, a listener of the station as well, um, and Michael C. Myers, and uh, Susan played this throughout the morning, but I want to play it for you right now. Michael was holding his tops receipt from Saturday. He was at the store uh, just before all of this carnage occurred, and uh, he told me uh, about his story, and it, it moved me, and I think it will move you. Michael, um, remarkable story. Uh, you know, a matter of minutes, and you would have been inside the store when all hell broke loose Saturday. A matter of 20 minutes or so or less. Tell me that story. I mean, why were you at the store, and uh, what, what are you feeling about that today? Just as those other people were, were doing just ordinary, mundane shopping. You know, you don't need to know, they don't need, you know, that you want to, oh, did you get apples? No, I was just doing my regular mundane shopping as those people were, and uh, I did that, and then I left, and I also forgot an item, and I decided not to go back. That may have saved me, but you always got this guilt. Now I got this haunting guilt. Why me? Why did I survive 20 minutes prior? You know, it's it's interesting. You're walking around. You're carrying the receipt mm. from your grocery stop on Saturday, and you did that for a reason because you're able to follow up with right. who helped I you did, out. I didn't even as, as much as traumatic and as it was. My concern, and that's what helped me mentally, my concern from the very start was for the lady that checked me out. So I was able to use, the, embrace that, my unselfishness and not worrying about me and I'm the 20th person that survived. I wanted to know what happened to her because that was, she was, we were definitely, that was the last person I engaged with who was there and my concern was that she made it out. and. When I found out she made out, it was somewhat of relief, if if that's a, a, applicable, because that was my concern. So I wasn't worried about, hey, I'm the the one who who didn't make it. I'm the one who did. No, my concern was her. 
That is Michael C. Martin. Uh, I think a remarkable story. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, the fact that he was so worried about the the, the clerk uh, moved me. You know that uh, he was worried to you know, and he was glad to find out actually through a reporter from the Washington Post. So congratulations to that reporter for uh, efforting that information for him via Tops. Um, but that clerk uh, was unharmed in the incident. Was in the store when it all occurred. Because Michael was there only minutes before uh, the rampage began. So uh, a day he'll never forget. And I, I noted uh, in a story on our website, WBEN.com today, a day so many of us won't forget. We'll remember where we were when this story broke. Uh, and, uh, you know, perhaps you have a thought on that. Um, perhaps you have a thought on how you'd like to see this case adjudicated. Um, we're about to find out where it's going to begin legally uh, within minutes and we'll bring that to you as we get the information. Brayton Wilson is down there, 8030930 and star 930 if you want to join me as we all walk through this tragedy in Buffalo on News Radio 930 WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good morning once again, 937 at WBEN. I'm Tim Wenger uh, in studio here. We have Brayton Wilson, who is uh, in downtown Buffalo covering the uh, court proceeding, whatever might occur, uh, with the suspect in the uh, Buffalo shootings. Uh, so we'll have uh, coverage throughout the day of what is occurring. You can follow us at WBEN on Twitter. That would be an important place to watch uh, as Brayton is watching everything unfold. Um, it does not uh, believe uh, it has not even begun yet, whatever is going to happen. But again, knowing John Flynn and knowing what uh, John Elmore said earlier today and Paul Cambry as well, um, I don't think the felony hearing will happen. Um, I'm not an attorney, but it seems to me what's more likely is that they've already presented to the Erie County uh, Grand Jury. John Flynn disappeared after all of his media appearances on Monday, and he almost uh, uh, sent the tea leaves out by saying, I'm not going to be talking anymore to the press. Uh, after Monday. So I kind of take that uh, for what it's worth knowing uh, the kind of uh, stand-up DA uh, that he is. WBEN Susan Rose is in studio here. And Susan, it seems like it was just yesterday when we were standing on Jefferson Avenue. Right. Called um, there in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I kind of want to um, walk people back 
to that a little bit. We uh, we received a phone call from a very trusted source in in the the city government and Buffalo Police Department that something was unfolding and tragic in nature at that that tops. We didn't know exactly what, and as we um, you know parked uh, very close to the scene and kind of like uh, you know walked through a yard. Uh, you know, to get, we were right alongside, we were right at that parking lot. Uh, there were still victims in the parking lot, um, you know, and the horror on the face of the people. It was so raw is the, uh, probably the best way to describe that. Um, you're right, the faces of everybody, and, and it just seemed it was they were just converging around that store. It, it seemed like when we arrived, they were just putting up the yellow police tape. Yeah, and you know it's it, it it was so hard because you know people on the street were trying to figure out what had occurred. Um, you know when something like that happens in your neighborhood, uh, word spreads quickly. What you know they knew more than than we knew right. at the time. Um, you know we were hearing numbers from them that turned out to be fairly accurate that we didn't report right away because I mean you're not just actually not gonna, they were under the number yeah, that it turned true. out to be which and we thought oh you know that was a when they said seven or eight, we thought, oh, my gosh. That's- and then they knew that the suspect was Caucasian. Um, you know, it was very it – was, it was just very troubling. You know, I want to uh, – someone on the text board, you know, I made a comment earlier, and you've heard me say this because I've been – you know, you were down there on Saturday, and I've been down there every day since um, for a long time yesterday. And I made the, the comment that Jefferson Avenue, to me, is the black community's Elmwood Avenue. And I don't think that is a – no, a disparaging per- thing to say at all, and I think the person on the text board took it that way. Um, but that's not what was in, was intended whatsoever. And you know, he, he mentions, is it sad that there is you know a neighborhood that you could describe as that? I don't think it's sad. I mean, this is a community that's been there. That that's their neighborhood. It is, and the it's pride, bustling. the pride yeah. that they have, and the the uh, the the love. They call it their beloved tops. Right. I mean that. That's what they it means. Fought. When you talk to the mayor, there's almost a tear in his eye. Um, I, I remember this too. Um, when you know there were very few grocery stores in the city, um, and they're still are very underserved. Um, but you know now you have a Wegmans on the west side. You have the Tops on Jefferson Avenue. There's Niagara a, Street. Yeah, Niagara Street. There's an Aldi uh, right across from the Broadway Market. Um, you know that I've, I've 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 been to and seen over there in in covering things at the Broadway Market. But there's not enough. But they fought. They fought like hell to get that store. I remember, uh, like 20 years ago. Right. And, uh, you know, when you and I were thinking, you know, I think you had, you had said, I, they got to knock this down. You would think I did. your I raw reaction is knock this place down. It's, I thought, it's, how could they possibly like reop- reopen this store? When we've seen these play out in other parts of the country, they, they do bulldoze those sites down. And they turn into memorials and that. And I thought that same would happen here. But I have not heard one person from the community say that that should happen. They all want that store to reopen. There's not a one. Um, there is not one person, even from victims, families, nobody has said um, we should close that store. And thank God Tops has said they're not going to. Tops right. is 100% committed, as you all know. Right. And John Persons told me that this morning. But they do want a public memorial on the site somehow to remember these victims, a place to go to remember what happened. And they want it in front of tops, somewhere on the property, on the other side of the of the sidewalk or something, but they want something there to remember. Yeah, the mayor was on with Tom Bowerly yesterday and I almost think it might be too, the mayor even said, you might too soon to figure out where and how and, um, but I don't think it's a question of if. 
you know, there will right. be some sort of uh, a place for people to remember. And, um, you know, I think that's important, important for a community and, and a country, too. But the other thing that strikes me is how since that tragedy unfolded Saturday and the store obviously closed, what's happened with the response and the need in that community and how it's being met this week, it's it's incredible. Yeah, and that's the part I'm trying to bring. I've, I described, you know, my uh, time yesterday where I was down, and, you know, I was kind of moved by it. And the Bills thing was an emotional, you know, and that was a headline and the pictures and video and just remarkable. And I, I said I felt like I was invading privacy by being there because it was a private moment. Um, that's what I told Howard this morning on GR. But um, it's – trying to bring your the listener to the other stuff that's occurring on Jefferson Avenue and East Ferry Street I think is what I'm trying to communicate and uh I, you know I don't want to send everybody that's listening down Jefferson Avenue right now because there, there's already a traffic situation right. going on there but I'm telling you if you're not there you don't understand it if you either don't live there and I don't of course but uh you know I, I've, I've been in there in in that neighborhood for five days and uh, have have learned great lessons about that community right and they're, it's they're rise, already rising up in the face of this but I was saying at one point this morning that there is such a response this week they need this response next week and the week after and the week after that. It can't just be this week. Yeah, you know, I was thinking that yesterday as I was watching um, the donations come in, and it was a steady, steady stream of people coming in. I've described it, backing up, the tailgate opens, the bags and boxes. At one point, I, I know you heard this this morning, an Amazon truck pulled into the driveway, which I thought was just for a routine delivery. The guy rolled up the back and he said, this is all for you, I don't know who it's from. I don't know where it came from, but an entire truck was unloaded. That an is entire amazing. Box truck of stuff from Amazon, but uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, what are, are they being overwhelmed? Um, I don't. I don't like know. you said, three, four weeks from now. That's um, when they they need to, the continued response. They really do, and and then your uh, you met up with uh, I think her name was Letitia Springer from Atlanta. Uh, we played her comments this morning on the on the morning show. Here's someone from Atlanta who was so inspired and saw the need here that she came up to help. She's loading her cars up and bringing groceries and everything else that people need, and accepting donations and making sure that the need is met in the community. It's it's heartwarming. Is Almost an understatement. Yeah, she was uh, she was remarkable, and she had made a couple of trips already when I I talked to her, and then I was in the the parking lot there at Gigi's, and in watching her, she never stopped. She was just running back and forth from from car to uh, uh, to to uh, unload stuff. Um, we are we are learning now from Brayton that the felony hearing has started at the uh, uh, courthouse now uh, for the eighteen year old shooter uh, in this tops mass shooting. So. Um, whether it is actually the felony, felony hearing or a hearing, I'm not quite clear yet. I'm also saying, too, that now the case is being held for grand jury indictment. The arraignment has been requested for three weeks from today, June 9th at 9.30. All right. Well, that is a breaking development right there here on WBEN, and uh, that is kind of what John Elmore and, and others um, had thought. So, again, the uh, the actual felony hearing that – had been scheduled um, is not taking place. A legal proceeding did take place. Uh, that uh, again, in three weeks there would be June 9th, Yes, okay, June 9th, uh will be another day in a courtroom uh, that will be unbelievable. 
as far as uh, media presence, et cetera. But uh, that is the latest from the courtroom, and Brayton is down there uh, to cover it for us, and we'll have more uh, as it uh, becomes available and, of course, coming up uh, at 10 o'clock uh, as well in the news with Randy and uh, Brayton, Brayton Wilson. Um, you know, this morning you had a conversation, I think it was the first, with the CEO, the president of Topps Markets, John Persons. Um, and uh, it, it's important for them that they got out information about their their 514 fund. And you also found out that, uh, you know, they're 100% committed to reopening the store. They really are. I mean, they're heartbroken, as the community is. But, I mean, they're obviously really directly impacted. He talks about the 514 fund and just also about the the health of everybody at Tops. John Persons is joining me, president of Tops Friendly Markets here on WBEN. And John, I know your Tops family is heartbroken, so is the community. How are you and your employees doing? Hi, Susan. Uh, yes, yeah, certainly. You know, all fourteen thousand Tops associates are heartbroken. I would tell you what's helping us get through. Uh, you know, these difficult days is just the positive outpouring from the community and the notes and kind words and the support. Uh, it's really quite amazing uh, how everyone is trying to pull together to get through this. It, it is remarkable to see this response. And I want to bring up, too, that TOPS has created the Buffalo 514 Survivors Fund for families of the victims, for those directly impacted. Tell us about it. Yes, uh, that's exactly right. Two days ago, we established the Buffalo 514 Survivors Fund, and uh, 100% of the funds raised, every single penny, will go to the the survivors of that uh, horrible event. So the families of the victims, uh, the people that were uh, physically injured, and, and the people that were emotionally and mentally uh, injured as well uh, uh, that particular day on, on site. So... Um, everything that is raised um, will go directly to to those uh, survivors, and it's 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 really overwhelming to see. We have I checked this morning. We have about five five thousand uh, individual donors already, and it continues to climb and grow. And how did you start this fund off? We uh, we worked quickly with an organization called the National Compassion Fund that is set up strictly. Uh, to help in these situations and these type of tragic events. They already have the infrastructure established. So it was quick and easy for us to to kind of work through them in order to get this fund uh, going uh, relatively quickly. We we recognized, we heard from the community, people wanted to help, people wanted to support. Um, so we recognized we needed to get, uh, get on it pretty quick, and the National Compassion Fund uh, allowed us to do that. All right, and how can people find it? Is this a GoFundMe, or where do they find it? Yeah, actually, that's the GoFundMe is probably the easiest way. Uh, so we have all the links on our web on our web page as as you log on on any of our social media. And maybe the easiest way is just to go to GoFundMe and search uh, Buffalo Survivors Fund. It'll come up immediately. It's it's certainly the trending uh, fund. Uh, that might be the easiest. Uh, we also have the ability to take checks and uh, uh, and and money wire as well. I'm just looking at this fund right now, John, $905,000 raised. You said it, you started this two days ago. We did. We started it two days ago, and, and certainly people are, are recognizing, you know, the importance of this fund, and and, uh, and they're donating to it, and it's it's just wonderful. It, it's 
just incredible. I mean, it seems like the longest week ever since Saturday and as horrible as this tragedy is, there are some remarkable things that are happening, especially with the mobile outreach to get food and other necessities to people in the community. What do, what do you make of this grassroots effort that we're all witnessing? Well, I think Buffalo and Western New York, I mean, I think we are a community that cares. Um, you know, I know, I know you're, a, you're a longtime Western New Yorker, as am I, and, and, you know, this is our home, and this was a horrible act, and when we need to come together, we will come together and make sure we support each other, and that's exactly what we're seeing. How committed is TOPS to the neighborhood? 100% committed. We are absolutely committed to the city of Buffalo and, and to the Jefferson Avenue neighborhood. Uh, this store is, was opened about 20 years ago, and uh, it's, it's been a great store uh, for the community. It's been a great store for TOPS. And we are completely committed uh, to make sure that we have this store. It will take some time to open up this store. We want to make sure that it's done properly and respectfully. Um, but we will reopen this store and we will service uh, that, uh, that neighborhood and that community again. Yeah, how, how about the Topps family at the Jefferson store? I mean, what are you doing for these Topps employees while the store is closed? You know, that's, that's, that's an important question. So the first 24 to 36 hours after this uh, event, we, we really focused on trying to understand what was happening with all of the employees, all the associates, as we call them. And we wanted to make sure we understood where they were physically, how they were, where they were emotionally. And we have, we have 80, 86 associates at that store. And we were able to determine within 24 hours um, how they were all doing and where they were at, and then immediately we arranged for um, just different ways of support. So certainly grief counseling, and we're doing that on a daily basis, and we've honestly had great engagement with with private and with group uh, therapy. Um, it's been very meaningful. We're also making sure that we support them, of, you know, with food, and, you know, we're continuing uh, continuing their pay, um, we want to make sure that uh, they feel as though they are really important members of the, of the Tops family, and we will continue to do that. All right. Uh, John, if you can, one more time, the Buffalo 514 Survivors Fund, all of the donations are going to survivors, family members of the deceased, and those directly impacted? Yes, that is correct. 100% all funds raised will go to the survivors uh, of that uh, tragic event. All right, that is uh, John Persons with you earlier this morning. And a uh, remarkable interview and uh, available at WBEN.com. Lots of information, but of course, 100% behind reopening the store. We do want to shift, though, uh, to our breaking coverage right now, which is uh, that um, uh, on June 9th, we will have the arraignment uh, on a, uh, a presumed grand jury indictment of uh, this 18-year-old suspect. And uh, legal analyst Paul Cambry, of course, you know the voice well, uh, is live with us right now. Paul, what, what do you know about what, what all this means? This, this is going to unfold, I guess, on June 9th now. Well, uh, we suspected that there would be a grand jury presentation before a preliminary hearing. And so it means that if the grand jury has considered this case and issued an indictment, that he'll be arraigned on it uh, in June, uh, and uh, that will be the actual trial court. The city court does not have jurisdiction ultimately over uh, serious felonies. They have what they call preliminary jurisdiction. That's why they call it a 
preliminary hearing. And that's just a procedure to hold the person for grand jury consideration. But the DA can short-circuit that by issuing an indictment, calling witness, go before the grand jury, issue an indictment. And that's apparently what they've done here. So now he'll simply be taken back to custody. He'll be arraigned on the indictment. Uh, They'll have a discussion about bail, but he's not going to be granted bail. And then the process will go from there. Uh, The district attorney will have to turn over discovery within 30 days, and then the court will set hearing dates if hearings are appropriate. After that, a trial date. When, at what point does this go to state Supreme Court? Well, that's what's happened. Once you're indicted, it goes either to Supreme or County Court. Both of those courts are higher-level courts, and they can dispose of felonies. And so this case will either go to County or Supreme Court, depending upon how it's assigned. Uh, And uh, apparently that's going to happen in June, and uh, the process will then begin. Paul, would he continue to be held then in, in the Erie County Holding Center? Is that the appropriate spot? Yeah, that's probably where they would hold him. See, in his case, because of the suicide watch and so on, uh, it's, it'll depend on what they have available in facilities. If they feel they can do it here better than at Wendy, you know, that's what they'll do. We saw him be escorted into court by six Erie County Sheriff deputies this morning. Is that uh, not, that can't be normal? I'm guessing. Well, no, but it, it's it's also not uh, unprecedented. Uh, we've had cases in the past where we've had that kind of security also. You know, he, Paul, um, you know, we saw him last uh, in court over the weekend, you know, in that paper suit. He's in the orange jumpsuit and shackled at the, uh, the wrists, obviously. Um, you know, they did not unlock him. Um, you know, any surprise there? I mean, I would assume they'll probably go back under this, this suicide guard watch, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and the fact that he's in a uniform in the jumpsuit now is not uh, to be unexpected because the deputies are with him, so he can't you know, fashion a noose and commit suicide with, uh, you know, one of the pant legs uh, because they're with him. When he gets back to the jail, then he may very well go back into the paper uh, situation so that there are no possibilities of him fashioning some way of taking his life. Paul, how do you separate in a case like this the emotion um, of a community, the emotion? You know, lawyers are humans, too. Um, you know, you are a human. We know that. <laughs> you know, you love and you care like anyone else. Um, how do you separate all that, um, whether you're on the prosecution side or the defense side in something like this? Well, it can be difficult, and you have to have that conversation with yourself. Is this the case for me? Can I put my heart into this case kind of thing? Um, I anticipate that what will happen is he'll be arraigned, it'll go into the process, discovery will be uh, exchanged, he'll probably have a more in-depth psychiatric uh, examination, maybe called for by his defense attorney just to make sure, and then once it gets to the trial stage and they start jury selection, that's when you'll see whether or not a fair jury can be Uh, accomplished here in Erie County. And you won't know that until you start questioning jurors. And if juror after juror after juror says, look, I just can't be fair. I saw it all on TV. I know it happened. 
uh, you know, I can't presume him innocent and all the rest of it, then they would move for a change of venue like to Rochester or Syracuse or someplace like that. Paul, we don't know if, if if his family was in court or not. That probably will come out soon. But is he allowed to meet with his family at the holding center? Yeah, they have uh, visit visitation privileges. It's probably behind a screen. Um, you know, there's no contact, uh, and it's of short duration. But sure, they, uh, they can have visitors besides their legal team. Uh, and people hired by their legal team. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's not unusual at all. Paul, we appreciate the time again. Thank you. All right. My pleasure. Our legal expert, Attorney Paul Cambria. All right. And just in from the Erie County District Attorney's Office, uh, we do have a statement from them as expected, and it reads like this. The felony hearing scheduled to occur this morning before Buffalo City Court Judge Craig Hanna has been adjourned pursuant to New York State Criminal Procedure Law Article 180.80. Due to action of the grand jury, the matter is scheduled to return for further proceedings Thursday, June 9th, 9.30 a.m. before Judge Hanna again. The defendant continues to remain held without bail. There will be no further comment from our office until there is a report following an investigation by the grand jury, as all our uh, persons are accused of a crime. The defendant is presumed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Very uh, um, telling of Erie County DA John Flynn. He did his last interview earlier this week. You're not going to hear from him again until he can. He said things would shut down and they did exactly that. Yeah, indeed. Uh, WBEN's Brayton Wilson is down there. You'll hear him live next with Randy as we cover this story throughout the day. Uh, Court uh, mayhem down there in downtown Buffalo for ever so short a briefing, a legal proceeding, probably among the shortest legal proceedings to have such attention in the city of Buffalo. So uh, that is next with Randy and then, of course, David Bellavia to walk you through more throughout the day. Susan, thank you. I'm Tim Wenger here on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.